0: The sermon that I have for you this morning as we enter the second week of Advent, as we prepare our hearts for the Christmas season, my sermon is titled, Prepare Yourself, the King is Coming. And if you have your Bible, if you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. So this is the gospel according to Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the desert of Judea, announcing, Change your heart and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. He was the one whom Isaiah the prophet spoke in when he said, A voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem throughout Judea and all around the Jordan River came to him. As they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Many Pharisees and Sadducees came to be baptized by John. He said to them, you children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming soon? Produce fruit that show that you have changed your hearts and lives. And don't even think about saying to yourselves, Abraham is our father. I tell you that God is able to raise up Abraham's children from these stones. The axe is already at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be chopped down and tossed into the fire. I baptize with water those of you who have changed your hearts and lives. The one who is coming after me is stronger than I am. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you. With the Holy Spirit and with fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husk is in his hands. He will cleanse out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn. He will burn the husk with a fire that can't be put out. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Such strong words for us this morning. So when I was in the seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember exactly when, but I remember one day I stayed home from school because I wasn't feeling too well. So my mom left me home by myself and took off for work. And even though I wasn't feeling well, I I felt like, I figured, I might as well take advantage of this one-day recovery vacation from school. I was hoping that this time off from school would extend itself, maybe two or three days, if my body would cooperate and remain sick. That day, I hung out with Zach Morris and Slater and Screech and Kelly Kapowski as I binged on several episodes of Saved by the Bell. I had a wonderful, nutritious meal of microwavable frozen burritos and waffles. It was a good day. But as it came to a close, I started to feel a little bit uneasy and maybe a little bit guilty that I wasn't in school that day. And I was having fun being out of school. Well, the day went on, and three o'clock came, and no parents. 4 o'clock, still home alone. 5 o'clock, hey, what's going on? They should be home by now. And in my mind, I started to panic. My mind went straight to my church's teaching about the book of Revelation, about the mark of the beast and the seven-year seven year tribulation. I started to peer out the window, looking for someone to pull into the driveway. Did the rapture happen? <laughs> then my dad pulls up to the house. And you would think I would feel like better about this, but I really didn't. See, my dad wasn't the super Christian in the family. Mom was the super Christian. I could see Jesus leaving my dad behind because he only went to church occasionally so I was thinking, maybe the rapture took place. Jesus came and left me behind. And now I have to go on through this seven-year tribulation of war and death and famine, all because I didn't go to school today. So I started to pray, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Please don't leave me behind. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. And as I said amen, mom's car pulls into the driveway, and as she enters the door, I tell her, hi mom, hey, you know what, I'm feeling much better now, so tomorrow I'm going to go to school, okay? See, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was prepared if God came that day. Now John the Baptist is preaching a message about being prepared for the coming of the Lord. This was the great hope of forgiveness and healing for the people of Israel. The Jewish people have been under exile and under the rule of nations like the Roman government for hundreds of years. And finally, God will come back and restore a life of comfort and rescue them. John's message is, get ready. God is coming back. this past Black Friday, we went online and we checked out, we were thinking, oh, maybe there's some sales because we really need a new couch. See, we bought a couch from Inspiration like several years earlier and we thought, okay, because it's from Inspiration, it's going to be a good quality piece of furniture. So it was like a futon bed for our guest room. So when we bought it, they delivered it, we were like super happy that it came. But when we sat on it, it was a little stiff, you know? We're like, okay, maybe it takes some time to break in. So as the years went on, it kind of broke in, but then it got worse. (laughs) You know, the cushion kind of like, there was some cushion, good spots of cushion on some side, and then you could feel like the springs in some areas, and then like, it was just a mess. And we're like, why did, like, we pay good money for this, and it's horrible. Like when we sleep on it, we wake up, our back is sore, our arm is like not it's like, cut, feels like the blood has been cut off. It's not a good piece of furniture. So on Black Friday, we went and we saw this sale. So we're like, ooh, new piece of furniture. So we bought it and we're like super excited. But we were thinking, okay, now that we got this new piece of furniture coming in, we got to get rid of the old. We got to replace it and make room for this new furniture, to prepare ourselves for something new that we are excited about. So we had to get rid of the old to prepare for something new. See, John was saying, get your house together. Move out the old because something new and better is coming in four to six weeks. The dawn of the kingdom, the dawn of the kingdom of God was about to break forth. John sounded the alarm, urging people to make the proper preparations for any judgment that would take place in order to usher in this new and exciting kingdom of God. See, John understood what the prophets before him had said, that when the people repented, turning back to him with all their hearts, God would come back. That's what John was summoning the people to do. Through the act of baptism, they came in crowds, anticipating the coming of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we think of baptism, we might see it as the symbolic cleansing for individual people. But this was much larger than that. This baptism was a sign of the new things that God was going to do in history. God wasn't just about to restore Israel as a nation. It was a far more significant conquest. God was about to defeat evil and establish his kingdom here on earth. Now, John's message wasn't good news for all. It was like talking about taxing the rich. See, ordinary people and the poor are thrilled about this idea. But the people with the riches and the power hates this idea, even though they probably could afford it. John spoke of a fire that would blaze and an axe that would chop down trees as a sign of what was to come. Now the other day, we, me and my wife, we decided, oh, let's go out for dinner. Um, so we wanted to go to Paniolo's out at Kahala Mall. And they closed really early, so we went over to Whole Foods, ate our dinner, and then we started heading back home about 9.30. So at that time, there was no traffic on the road. It was pretty clear. Um, so I got back on the freeway. Joe was driving past Kaima Key. And then I noticed these red and, light, light, red and white lights strobing. I was like, oh, that, somebody's Christmas lights are really bright. You know, somebody's really taking Christmas to extreme. But it wasn't that. So I looked in my rear view mirror and I couldn't find any emergency vehicle. So I kept on driving and maybe about 200 yards, 300 yards back, this ambulance started heading onto the on ramp going towards the freeway. I was like, oh, okay. So, I was thinking to myself, oh man, it's 9.30, roads are open, I really don't want to pull over at this time, I don't want to slow down, so I decided maybe, you know, ambulances, they probably got to go, like, they have a set speed, so maybe um, they'll go about 60, 65, 55, whatever, so if I keep the same speed, maybe I can just outrace them and get to my point without pulling onto the side, and this, this, Ambulance is probably going to Queens or something like that. I can make it to the pulley before the ambulance gets to Queens. So I I started racing it, you know. I I kinda took off, checking my distance every few um, every once in a while. And I had I think within me there was this challenge to get from point A to point B without conforming. So I finally put off to the off the pulley caught off, got off. Went And were, was heading home, and then I noticed, like, I looked in the mirror, and then the ambulance was past Queens. It was going someplace else. I was like, oh, okay. But I felt good. Like, the rebel in me felt like I stuck it to the man. Like, I, I did it, you know? Well, this is what John, John is doing. He's like, there's these warning lights and these sirens, and it was ringing for the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees. And they were not happy about this message because John was exposing them. They were seeing the sirens and the lights and trying to outrace them rather than submit and pull to the side. Just like when I saw the flashing lights, my pride didn't want to pull over. I didn't want to inconveniently submit to the ambulance's authority and pull to the side. And I feel like I was being selfish. Not thinking that, hey, you know what? Someone's life might be hanging in the balance. Now all I'm concerned about is beating the ambulance. See, my rebellious pride got in the way. John describes these religious leaders to be like snakes hiding in a pile of wood. And as soon as the fire The wood is kindled, and a bonfire starts to burn. They start slithering away. John calls out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, warning them to change their ways and behave differently. He calls them out to exhibit real repentance, a complete and lasting change of heart and life. That's the only way to get the road ready for the coming of their king. Now, the problem with the Pharisees is that their pride got in their way. Their pride, they pride themselves on purity and morality. These Pharisees and Sadducees are unlikely to be guilty of any like, gross or apparent or obvious sins. See, the Pharisees' sin was that their pride, this pride, stood in the way of God's work and God's arrival. Their arrogance towards others was detrimental and counterintuitive with the humility needed for the coming of the king. You know, sometimes we can be highly spiritual or religious. And we can be guilty of such pride that is subtle but destructive. My, master, my pastor used to say to us, don't be so heavenly minded that you become no earthly good. See, part of that pride came from their history. They believed that they were entitled due to who they were. They were the children of Abraham. They thought, because of this belief, in the end, everything was going to be all right. God was committed to them. John warns them, telling them that this is a wrong assumption. Don't take advantage of your privilege. How many of us take advantage of the privilege we have? God has no trouble creating new children of Abraham out of stones. For those of us who've been in the faith for a while, don't rest on your history. Don't take your salvation for granted. See, because if God really is God, he isn't merely the kindly, indulgent, easygoing parent we sometimes think he is. John warns us that the ax is ready and waiting to chop down the trees when the king arrives, he will bring judgment as well as mercy. And the only way to avoid it is to show that you are a fruitful tree. In this Advent season, as we approach the celebration of the birth of Christ, how are you preparing your heart and your mind, and your soul? What fires need to be lit to burn away the rubbish in his path? Which dead trees will you need to cut down? What furniture in your life needs to be moved to make way for something new? and something better. During this Advent season, may we take heed to the warning signs and pull to the side and reflect and remove and repent any of the prideful things in our lives as we prepare ourselves for the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Look here. Let's pray.